Welcome to Zero to Start, a podcast about VR development that brings you inspiring conversations with immersive creators, developers, and industry leaders. I'm your host, Ceciliana Trevino. Designing for player agency in virtual environments is one of the many challenges in VR development, yet player agency also makes VR an essential medium for capturing and studying player behavior. How can developers quickly and easily leverage spatial analytics to build better immersive experiences? My guest today is Calder Archnick, developer evangelist at Cognitive 3D, who's here to share how Cognitive 3D's SDK for Unreal and Unity empowers immersive creators to unlock player behavior and build better 3D experiences. Welcome to Zero to Start, Calder. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's get started with finding out more about you and your developer journey and what led you to your current role at Cognitive 3D. Yeah, my journey started when I entered the games industry, when I went to the Vancouver Film School. Uh, After that, I became a TA and a junior instructor. And during that time, I learned how to code. I'm mostly self-taught with programming. And it has been a long journey, but I think it is possible for most people that have the the patience and the detailed mindset to follow through with all of those questions and issues that programming introduces. So after that, I entered the games industry. During that time, I also met Tony, their CEO, and he offered uh, some contract work and eventually offered me a job. Now I am the developer evangelist at Cognitive 3D. Previously, I was working on SDK development. How does Cognitive 3D help immersive developers enhance and optimize their 3D applications? What is Cognitive 3D? So Cognitive is an analytics platform for virtual and augmented reality. We have an SDK for game engines like Unity and Unreal, and those record the actions that players take in those experiences. It will also upload a copy of all the geometry, all the walls and floors and the scene. Uh, up to our dashboard on the web. The web dashboard allows you to replay exactly what a player did and also see that in the context of the scene, where they go, where they get lost. And it will also aggregate all this data across all the users so we can see generally where people are looking. Uh, We can see average room sizes and you can make insights based on that. There's some basic analytics we collect, such as performance, session counts, session durations, but The really significant thing is the spatial analytics. So we can understand where players are going, what they're looking at, what they're picking up. The goal is to collect behavioral insights, why players are getting lost, why objects are taking their attention, and why people are leaving bad reviews and not returning. These insights are specific to different projects, and there's definitely a lot of collaboration between us and our clients about understanding what success means for their applications. It's a powerful approach to user engagement and for people that are starting out and developing and wanting to leverage their skills. Sometimes they're so overwhelmed with thinking about just making the game. They're not always thinking about the analytics and the user experience and getting that kind of nailed down. How important is using a tool like Cognitive 3D? So the answer is, I think, a bit unexpected. Making a game, making an immersive experience is complicated. It is not something that people are going to be thinking about right at the start. And for a lot of 
smaller games and applications, analytics is probably rightfully the last thing on their mind. So just getting something together is, it should be the first priority of what a developer is actually working on. And then our SDK is designed to be bolted on at the very last minute to work with whatever you've put together. Then as a developer has more time, starts to see some insights and starts to see some values from our tools, then they're going to be able to go back, add more events and distribute a new updated build so that they can get more insights and actually kind of defer all of this decision-making until they have more time. How easy is it for developers to get started using the SDK? Yeah, so Unity and Unreal both have set up wizards. It'll probably take the average developer about an hour to fully understand all of the concepts, upload stuff to our dashboard and start recording sessions. There's definitely a lot of work to go into explaining some of the more advanced concepts, but for most people, it's pressing a couple buttons and the prefab that we added to the scene is automatic. So there's very little for most people to think about for basic implementation. Obviously, as they start to get more sophisticated, then they can add additional events, additional sensors. They can use our survey tool and they can get all sorts of insights and all sorts of interest in their dashboard. But for more advanced developers with really creative projects, it will take more time to understand how to get everything that they need up to our dashboard. We're also available for technical calls in those situations. We don't require any specific frameworks. We don't require you to use uh, our custom prefab. Basically, we just watch where the camera is and you can add components to a couple of things in Unity or Unreal and we'll track those automatically. We have a free plan. It does come with some limits, but if you're interested, check out the website. You can check out our documentation. You can book a call with sales. Ultimately, we do want to get you on a paid plan, but only as that makes sense for your business and as you find value in the advanced features we offer. And we also have academic pricing. So if you have a VR lab at a university, you can reach out and we can get you a discount. Fantastic. That sounds great. Taking a look at the website, it's really easy to create an account. It's free to start. It is free. Yep. And I really like taking a look at the sample demo that was available as well. Yeah, that's right. So we wanted to show what the dashboard could look like with a, a basic demo. Most of the people that uh, join our website and join our platform already have some idea of what they're building. As I mentioned, it's usually the last thing that they think about just before release. And it's always more fun to see your content, uh, to see your project and see how people are moving through your space. From a beginner standpoint, especially as a, a smaller team or a solo dev, it seems relatively simple to install the SDK and then you have all these options to upload your scenes uh, that you want to test. And the dashboard is just really beautiful in terms of the layout and how simple it is to quickly look at the different metrics that you're measuring. Thank you. We have worked very hard to make it very easy to work with. Can you talk a little bit about what's so compelling about 3D analytics and how it's different from traditional 2D analytics? Yeah, I think the best way to explain 3D analytics like this is to look at mobile analytics, where with mobile analytics, they have a lot more quantity. There's millions or billions of users, and VR just doesn't have that. But what VR does have is it has a lot more fidelity in the player behavior and the player interactions, the controller positions, the HMD position, space, 
rotations. So we use a much more qualitative approach to these analytics. That doesn't scale nearly as nicely as it does with mobile analytics when you can just simply click and see the click-through rates, for example. But what this means is that there is a lot more possible information we can get from a user. So this is where our analytics really shines. We can be reactive to common issues that you might not even think of in a spatial analytics space. So either VR or AR. So ergonomics, if you're breaking immersion and those sorts of experiential analytics, we can record automatically. And then it's up to the developers to be more proactive about figuring out what success means for their application and then using our tools to try to find those insights to figure out what it means to be successful. With so many powerful ways to look at this information of your user, the challenge becomes how do you scope out your metrics that you're trying to measure? There's definitely an element of academic curiosity that I think our best clients have. There are some tools that everyone can just get automatically from installing our SDK, but I think it it's really the, the clients that are starting to ask more deeper questions of like, what does it mean for a user to leave at this point? Why is everyone getting stuck? Why is the response to this so bad when internally we thought it would be so good? There are a lot of things that will be revealed from from these analytics of just seeing all of this data and all of these session replays rather than things that you can really approach without seeing this data first and being being curious about what it means. It's very empowering to get to know the inner workings of your experience this way, especially, I think, for creative artists, too. Yeah, there's definitely, there's a certain coldness that I feel when I hear analytics. It sounds like it's very disconnected from a person. But by seeing what people do, the goal is ultimately to make better projects, to make better experiences, to meaningfully reach more people. I think it's interesting too how tricky and squirrely VR experiences are because of user agency. It's much harder to control the outcome. Oh yeah. Even the smallest things are a little bit fiddly. For example, like all of the controllers and how things are grabbed in different applications and different games. It has such a major effect on the user behavior, on the user's experience, but it's not standardized. We don't have the best practices as an industry so far. So there's a lot of user experience that has to go into every single application. I find that the controllers and how people interact and do inputs in these experiences is probably the most complex. And it's up to the developers to be mindful of where this complexity lies, what they need to consider when they're implementing a solution correctly. Developers that understand spatial analytics are really an advantage in terms of being real problem solvers because there are so many new challenges within spatial analysis. Yeah, there was a lot of learning when we were doing stuff around eye tracking, for example. I had to go and read a bunch of papers from like the 60s to figure out how eye tracking was previously done. And now that we have a fully immersive scene, we can provide context about you know, when smooth pursuits or vestibular motion, when those happen, we can actually get more insights now. But I didn't have the words about what all these things mean. So we don't have a universal lexicon. We don't have best descriptions of how players can pick up something. We just say pick up. But the detail is 
so critical. And I think it's also difficult because it's so natural to us. When I brought Quest 2 to Christmas last year, and my grandfather, who had never tried VR, he was lighting virtual bottle rockets and smiling. He just knew how it worked. And I think there's something that's really important with how that interaction is so natural. What are some of the highlights of use cases that you've seen? I think there are two that really stand out to me. The first one, it's a quick story, is a client of ours was doing some training with employees and they were putting these employees into a stressful situation. And they were surprised. These professional developers were so surprised at how much these employees reacted to the situation, even though, as they said, it was PlayStation 2 level graphics. So I wanted to call that out as being incredibly valuable to have an experience with something virtually, even if it doesn't look expensive. And another one is we worked with Accenture on training around a plumbing situation in virtual reality. It was an immersive VR app that I built over the course of a week or two, and it was compared against a YouTube video. One group watched a video, one group did it in virtual reality. And then when the participants of the study actually did the task in real life, the people that did it in virtual reality did it faster and they made fewer mistakes. I saw that and it said that the VR group participants had demonstrated on average about 12% higher accuracy and 17% faster time to completion than those that were instructed through the video. It was surprising and validating to see how much that difference made. That's where I feel like it's rocket fuel for the developers that understand how to integrate that kind of tool. And especially for smaller teams, it's so important for them to be able to convey the value to the stakeholders. And nothing does that like a good <laughs> dashboard. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of clients that throw analytics in just before they release. But we do have a couple clients that have integrated us much earlier. And we actually get to see how they're building and how they're using the dashboards. And we ask them, what insights are you looking for? What can we build? What can we find for you to allow you to better understand your users and make a better experience? And that's what really interests me about my current role is I can work with developers to make cool stuff. The results are going to be as different as the experiences that are out there. It seems like you can set so much more intention at the beginning through understanding what you want people to do exactly. Yeah, there's definitely both types of developers. The developers that are thinking more about what they're building as a product, um, especially for training and simulation, there's a very clear objective with those. And when they approach analytics, they already have all of the questions that they know need to be answered. But for a lot of other developers that are just focusing on making something cool, something worth making, they might not have all of the answers of what it means to be a good project, a fun thing to experience. And for those sorts of people, it, it's not an obvious step of writing down what success means for your, uh, for your program, uh, for your application, for your game. But as you put it in front of people, you're doing all of this analytics anyway. You're just getting it in a way that isn't as scalable to when you send it out to a dozen of your friends or a hundred of your friends. If you distribute your game on Discord, for example, that's something that you need to understand what everyone is, is doing so you can get that feedback and make a better project. So I think a lot of 
developers after they reach a certain sophistication, after they're building something that is going to be seen by hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe millions of players, then they're definitely getting towards a scale of and thinking in a business sense of what can I improve on this? What do I need to improve? And how can I get there? You can get there with Cognitive 3D. You can get there with Cognitive 3D. What should every 3D app developer know about leveraging spatial data collection in their applications? And how important is it for developers to use spatial analytics? Yeah, so I touched on this before, but I think a big part is just knowing what success means for your app. There's a lot of valuable insights that aren't as spatially driven. Reviews from an application, if there's session times of just like, how long has someone put on the headset? Do they come back every once in a while? Do they put on the headset and never return? So once we get into spatial analytics, it's much more about the behavior. And we're trying to make tools that are more powerful about understanding the behavior of players in these virtual spaces rather than just listing off everything that's done. We want to provide the insights so that you can understand why things are happening. There's a lot of concerns around who controls this information. How important is safety and privacy for Cognitive 3D? So privacy is something that we do speak about quite a bit internally, and it is something we do have a strong opinion about. As people, we don't want all of our data recorded by everyone forever. And I don't think it makes sense for for what we do to, to force people to collect everything as well. Ultimately, it's up to the developer to figure out and to implement exactly what they want. But we also provide a framework, XR privacy framework. And that allows developers to offer the option to their users to turn off certain elements from being collected. So for example, eye tracking is something that a developer could leverage in their application to make a more immersive, enjoyable experience. But if a user doesn't want that to be tracked up to Cognitive 3D, they can disable that just for their analytics reporting. I think that's where privacy in a virtual world needs to go to allow developers to make the coolest stuff they can, but to still give the players the options that make sense for them for their own privacy management. Yeah, and understanding how they can take better control of that too. Yeah, ultimately we want to be optimistic that developers want these analytics. They want to understand their users to make better experiences. But realistically, there are definitely going to be some companies that are looking to just heavily monetize their users. And I think we do need to continue this conversation of privacy. We're an analytics company. We want to get data from users so that developers can make better stuff. And we have to trust the developers that way. So it's an ongoing conversation. It's part of the challenge of this terrain and an interesting intersection of empowerment, but also empowering users to understand how to protect their privacy when they are engaged with experiences that are meant to just further enhance their experience. There's definitely a concern and a little bit of panic and not a lot of answers around some of the ways that virtual reality be used to track users. Obviously, with machine learning, there's some insights that humans might not be able to pick up themselves. So we're very cautious about what we collect. We discuss internally quite a bit of, is this 
legitimate? Is this something that we should be concerned about? Is this something that we need to address? What are some of the new features from your latest release? So some of the new features that we've released recently is a new onboarding screen for Unreal. So it's much easier to get started in the Unreal Engine. It does require a little bit more investment. It's a more complicated engine than Unity, but the developers that we have there are more sophisticated as well. We also have a new dashboard so that we can highlight some of the behavioral metrics. So comfort, if people are getting uncomfortable, if they're having poor ergonomics or presence and immersion uh, to see if people are really engaging with the experience that you built. Excellent. Thanks for joining me on Zero to Start today, Calder. I look forward to seeing how spatial analytics takes on more importance in VR development and understanding user behavior. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Zero to Start. Be sure to check the show notes for cognitive 3D resources and links. You can keep up with them on Discord, GitHub, and X, formerly known as Twitter. And you can support Zero to Start by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform, give us a rating, and share this episode with your tech-curious friends and family. Until next time, happy installing.